Richard Bliss, Brooke here. We are live. You sit here today with none other than Mark Victor Hansen. Bob Proctor. This is Kendra Hall. Tanya Stringer. Jeff Canfield. Whit Jones. James Clear. Les Brown. People want to hear stories. I like getting stories out of my guests here. So thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Richard Brooke here with a very special episode of The Authentic Networker. Today, I have the honor of chatting with one of the great storytellers of our time, the one and only Kendra Hall. Long before it became a business buzzword, Kendra was making storytelling work for her in a big way, and lucky for all of us, began to teach it to others. She's a keynote speaker, former chief storytelling officer at Success Magazine, and best-selling author of Stories That Stick, How Storytelling Can Captivate Customers influence audiences, and transform your business. The book debuted at number two on the Wall Street Journal bestselling list, and Forbes said it may be the most valuable business book you read. We're in for a real treat today as we hear straight from Kendra about how to use the power of storytelling to transform our own lives and businesses. We have a very unique opportunity this afternoon and this evening to talk to Kendra Hall who is my friend and the world's foremost expert on telling stories. And so she's gonna give us some fabulous insights tonight about her new book and her new spin on stories. So Kendra, this group uh, is a group of primarily network marketers and we spend a lot of time working on crafting our story that we tell to other people because as networkers, that's how we market right? We tell our stories to other people. And as my audience knows, because I'm always ranting at them about them, about it, if you don't actually put some intention and some design and some intelligence into the craft of your story, mm -hmm. and somebody says, oh, well, why are you using that product? And why are you involved in that company? Most network marketers in answering the question, they'll still be talking 15 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. It's very true. It's very true. You're right. And that's not a good thing. You don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not a good thing because they went and did something else about 14 minutes ago. So uh, Kendra is, uh, I, I, I'll get you her like specific accolades, but just suffice to say, New York Times bestselling author, stories that stick. Uh, if you haven't seen my interview of Kendra in my podcast, you want to go check that out. But what we're talking about here tonight is a new, whole new twist mm -hmm. on the idea of a story because you are now diving into, with your new book, the stories that we tell ourselves yeah. that shape our state of being and our beliefs and therefore everything that we manifest in our lives. Mm-hmm. So why the pivot, Kendra? What inspired you to move from marketing stories to manifestation stories? That's my first question. You know, it, and it's a good question because, and Richard, I don't know if we talked about this, but this was not, I knew I would write another book. I love writing and I love storytelling and I felt like I, there was still a lot more for me to learn and then be able to share to the benefit if anyone reads it. Um, 
And so when I was thinking about what my second book would be after stories that stick, my first thought and the book I planned on writing, I started sketching it out. I started, I completed a research study was still focused on the power of stories in business where stories that stick with more about sales and marketing. And there was also that leadership aspect of it. And, and, you know, you know, especially in, 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 in direct selling, like a big part of it is not only how well you can tell your stories outwardly to potential customers, um, but also how you can use stories to raise up and, and build belief among your team members. And, and, and the truth is in corporate America, the best leaders are great storytellers. But what was really interesting was, and Richard, you know, a lot of my work, in addition to books, is traveling around and speaking for different organizations. And there was always, so I'd be talking about, you know, how to tell stories, how to craft stories, why stories matter, a lot of strategy around outward storytelling. But the story that I would always get stopped in the hallway afterwards was, or, or the message that I would always get stopped after um, I was done speaking wasn't about how to craft a story or how to find a story. There was one story that I told and I kind of just stuck it at the end because it felt important for me to share. And I would say, you know, all of this being said, the most important stories we tell are the ones we tell ourselves and they, they shape our future or if nothing else, they shape how we experience the world, how much joy we have, satisfaction. Uh, and I would tell this story of one of my own limiting beliefs, which is that has to do with being a mother. I would tell the story about my daughter and I, and every time I would have people, young people, old people, men, women, it didn't matter. And the stories they wanted to share back with me were their own stories about limiting beliefs or their own stories about the good stories that exist in their life that they forget to tell themselves. And, you know, Bridget, you, when you hear the same thing over and over and over again, uh, there was part of me that kind of pushed it away because it seemed like too big of a risk, right? To go, like here I was having a lot of success with staying in the business lane and, and talking about the technicalities of storytelling, but it just really felt like there was a need and a call for this message and the power of our inner stories. And then of course, this is pre 2020, you add everything we've been through over the last two years. And if we've learned anything, it's that anything out here can change. Um, the thing we have the ultimate control over and we, and we squander it are the stories we tell ourselves. And so it was a risk, I'll be honest, um, but it felt like the book that needed to be written. And I'm really glad I did. And what is the name of the new book? Can you say that yet? Yeah, I have it. Oh, you have it. I don't have one. It's in the mail to you. I think it, I don't know if it's, I don't know where it went. It, it went, probably went to Hawaii. It might've gone to Hawaii, but here's the advanced copy. So it's choose your story, change your life, silence your inner critic and rewrite your life from the inside out, which I don't know about you, but I know, like, I know the people that we're talking to right now, like your biggest barrier for success as an entrepreneur in network marketing isn't comp plans. It isn't products. It isn't leadership. It is 100% 
that inner critic and, yeah. and how do you take control of it? Yeah. So um, you have some steps in the book, like, of course, if I was a client, mm-hmm. friend, uh, participant in the process, and you were like going to wade in and yeah. coach me via the outline of the book, what are some of the questions you would ask me and guidance you would give me? Yeah. The first, the first step in this whole process is awareness. Um, our, the stories we tell ourselves, there's a couple of things before we get into the process, there's a couple of things that we need to know. Number one, they're completely automated. This is programming that has been there since the beginning of humankind. We used stories outwardly to organize and to share information like through generations, but we also were cataloging our own personal experiences as a way to map what we should and shouldn't do, who we are, what we're about, what we are and are not capable of. Again, since the beginning of time. So it's as automatic as your breath, it's as automatic as your blood, and you don't even notice it's happening, which great, except that a lot of times our we our stories aren't the kind of, the automated stories aren't the kind of stories that are going to propel you forward. They are the stories designed to keep you safe. Because if you, if you think back again to tribal times, A, that negativity bias kept you safe from outside threats. So it was better to think that a rustle in the bushes was a, a lion instead of a summer breeze. Because if you thought it was a summer breeze and it was a lion, you would be eaten and you would die. But the same was true for stepping outside and maybe looking beyond the horizon and wondering if maybe we should go over there instead of staying, you know, any of those, any of the thoughts that I'm sure the people joining us tonight have had, which is why they're here, is they're going against what maybe their tribe, their community, their family, their friends think is normal and acceptable. Well, back in the day, beginning of humankind, you would get kicked out of the tribe. You'd be alone and you would die. Like it really is, I say you would die a lot, but it really was a life and death situation. And so our brains just replay all of the experiences that would tell us to stay safe or maybe previous rejections or things we tried to do in the past and weren't successful. It keeps a catalog and it plays them back in subconsciously. We're not even aware of it. So the very first step is to become aware of that internal dialogue, those internal stories that you have. So for example, there was a, there was a woman um, in direct selling uh, that I was working with as part of the uh, project to, I conducted research to walk people through these steps and see if there was a measurable change in their lives, or at least in their perspective of their life. And we found that her, the stories that she had playing in her head were that she would never be successful. Like, she would never be as successful as so-and-so. She just wasn't enough. She wasn't enough. Um, she didn't have what it takes. And and what would happen is she would join the company-wide call and they'd be announcing the award winners, something that used to make her excited because she was achieving things or her team was achieving things, but she came up against this wall and suddenly she would 
join those calls and feel bad. She would feel um, <laughs> making the face like jealous, like, oh, well, uh, and then it was, well, of course she can do that because ABC. And of course he can do that because he has X, Y, Z. Um, so that was the first step was to catch those in the act. Um, and then the second step is to analyze what those stories are about. Like, where do they come, they come from? from? Where, why? Why yeah. is this? And so she had stories from her early childhood, um, various rejections, a parents' divorce, like any of those things, but not even something as big as that. Like the girl who didn't invite her to the fourth grade birthday party, right? And like left her out because she wasn't good enough. Like those, those things stay with you. Um, she had her own divorce. So that was haunting, right? It's all these things where she had tried something and wasn't successful. And even for her, there were previous, um, there were previous attempts at other uh, direct selling endeavors that failed. So they were all very real, very tangible. Um, and those were what was playing in her head. And so anytime she would try to reach out for a holiday promotion or end of the month, she was completely stifled. Well, you know what happens there. You're not going to achieve success if you're not doing the things. Um, and her stories weren't allowing her to do the things. So I'm just going to keep going on this method. You know, you know. <laughs> well, I'm not asking for me, but I always learn from you. I'm asking for them. Hello, Jen Hageman. Thanks for, for joining us. And But I, I think I want to make the point, uh, Kendra, that in our business, this is critical. This is so important that people get a sense of awareness of what are the stories, what are your beliefs that hold you back. They really kind of define our comfort zone, right? They define the borders of our comfort zone. And this is not like a lot of people in life. They just go get a job. Yeah. And, you know, in a job, even though it might be a great job, might be an important job, jobs tend to be rather safe. All you really need to do is show up and do just enough to not get fired. Exactly. And you'll probably be there forever. And you just kind of get to live inside your comfort zone. But if you get involved in network marketing or direct sales or any kind of entrepreneurial enterprise, your comfort zone, I mean, you're going to, you're going to like rank advance to your comfort zone like that. Yeah. So if your story is, well, on a scale of one to 10, I'm worth I'm five. A, I'm a three. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going to advance to rank number five pretty quick. Yeah. And, and, then, and then you'll get stuck and then you'll be stuck. And that's exactly what happened for this woman. Like she, she got to her internal and then, and so if you've ever had that feeling and, and what's so disorienting about it is when we get there, we can, you can feel it almost, almost as if it's like the invisible fence, right? Like when you have a dog and you, you can feel it and they, you're like, wait. And so you start looking outside of you and you're like well it must be it must be and it is it's it is really all in here and even if you're even if you are already aware of that so there might be some people who are like oh yes i know mindset positive thinking this isn't this isn't new stuff and yet you still are where you are and this is where i mean can i say okay so it's fine that you know those things but obviously if you aren't where you want to be there's something more to it. 
And knowing, knowing something doesn't make a lot of difference. Having the mastery to execute it, that makes a difference. Knowing what to do about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how about, you know, Kendra, your own personal story. You must have some really poignant stories about your career mm -hmm. because you have rocketed. You've rocketed just since I've known you. I know. You didn't right. even know me. I knew you first. You didn't know me because I wasn't, I hadn't, I was not a, I was a rocket. You just didn't know I was a rocket. <laughs> I was still in that. They were still assembling the rocket at that point, but they did it quickly. Yes. Well, but so you must have bumped up against some of these stories, mm -hmm. you know, when somebody uh, like Stuart Johnson offers you to be the chief storyteller of Success Magazine. That's pretty heady. Yeah. Um, you know, when you found, you know, New York Times bestselling author, when all of a sudden people are throwing tens of thousands of dollars at you to just come on stage and tell a few stories. <laughs> did you have some stories that had you hesitate, that had you avoid play smaller than you needed to, sm to play? Yeah. And they were very, they were very sneaky. Um they were, I mean, I mentioned that because, because they had to be, because keep in mind, this has been the way that I've approached my, my entire life, right? So I've always seen my life as a story or a series of stories, or when something gets really hard, or I face a rejection, my default is to say, well, this is an interesting middle of the story, I'm excited to see how this turns out later on. Um, so my inner storyteller had to be very creative and tricky. And I didn't realize what was happening until much later on. Um, but, but I mentioned the, you know, part of the beginning of me even considering this topic was the struggle with being um, a mother. Tell so us, as my, what was that? Tell us that story. So, so as my career was taking off, right, and it meant that, yeah, I was traveling. I was all over the place. And even if I wasn't traveling, I was always thinking about it because I loved, I love my work, right? It's, it's exciting to me. It's, it's fascinating. It's, I'm as passionate about my work as I am about my family. Um, but my inner storyteller started playing back stories to me about what a good mother is. Yep. And it was relying on stories from when I grew up and my mother's goal was to be a stay-at-home mom. Like her greatest achievement was when she got to quit her job um, and stay home with us. And so it was beautiful lunches and she was always at school and very, and so my brain was playing back to me, look what you're doing. You're working too much. You're, you know, you're, you're a bad mom. You're, you're, and, and then any little failure that I did have, like I missed, a, I, I wasn't there for kid pickup. I couldn't be there for this recital, whatever it was, it was just heaping it on. And so just coming at me straight on and being like, you're not good enough to be on stage. That wasn't, it, that isn't a story that would work for me. I knew, right. you know, but it came at me through a side door Guilty. and and siphoned off my joy and 
made me question if I was doing the right, made me think that maybe I shouldn't be so ambitious. Maybe I, um, and it took some real work uh, that then, which is the third step in the method of choosing because that wasn't, that isn't where I wanted to be. I want to be doing this and I, and I want to be a great mother. And I don't think those two things are separate from each other. I think I can do both. And so I had to be very disciplined for many years. Um, at any time I started feeling that way or comparing myself to other mothers to come back with stories from my own experience of when I was an awesome mom. And so, yeah. Can you tell people how, okay, when you realize I got a bad story, my story's not aligned with my goals. Uh, you know, the cool thing about human beings is we're the only living thing on the planet that has been given the gift of creativity, mm -hmm. creative thought. We're the only thing on the planet that can make up stories. Yeah. Which is why ants, their anthills look pretty much the same now as they did a million years ago. It's true. It's as true. does a bird's nest or a bear's cave. True. But us, you know, we've got high rises in Manhattan. <laughs> so how do you harness that gift of creativity to make up, this is your art, make up a story that you can learn to believe mm -hmm. that inspires you? Mm -hmm. How do you do that third step? How do you make up the new story? Well, it's actually, you aren't making up a story I equate it to and in the book there's a there's a little bit of um a Wizard of Oz motif if you will um it's more about you have this goal right and you want to say you're in, in alignment the goal is the Emerald City and you are you have to make your yellow brick road path to get there so that's what you're building that's where the creativity comes in but what you're building it out of, each one of those yellow bricks are real stories from your life. So so it, at that crossroads for me, I was not saying to myself, I'm going to imagine that I'm this amazing mother because that wouldn't, this was a huge barrier for me. That wouldn't have gotten me through just like affirmations didn't just like vision boarding didn't just like saying, no, Kendra, it's fine. You're, I needed real concrete, like yellow bricks of stories. So there was the story of the time and the story that I end up telling on stage, which is what I got so much feedback from was when my daughter was about three and my business was just getting going where, you know, the jet fuel's in, it's like loading up and getting ready to take off. And I was at home with her. We were building something. We were building something on her bedroom floor, very pink, all pink. And we were building something with blocks. And she looked at me and said, mother. No, she said, mama. She didn't say mother. I would have said mother. Mama, we are building a castle, which, you know, making some good progress. We needed some more towers, a moat, a bridge, whatever. She said, and we live in this castle, mama, because we are two princesses, which she's a princess by default, right? All little girls are. But the fact that she saw me as a princess was kind of special. She, I wasn't like the old queen. Like I was still a princess to her. And I liked that. 
And she looked at me again and said, and it's a big castle, mama, because we are two princesses who go to work. Oh. She, I know. And she was so like, and She has these like little blonde curls and this round little baby face. And even at three years old, she'd have been watching her mom work and and work toward and and be excited about and she said that with the same passion that you see me here with right now and it was that was just one story but a really important one that wait a minute what if I'm not failing my children what if I'm actually showing them how to build bigger castles to dream bigger because of how I am following my dream. So this sounds, like, this sounds like repurposing little pieces of stories and moving them over uh, into a new context yep. so that they replace whatever story has you not being enough. Exactly. There go the bricks in the yellow brick road. It's kind of uncanny that I, I use the Wizard of Oz extensively in this work. At, you at, do? Oh, totally. I show, I have clips of the movie that I show in all of my uh, transformation workshops. I am not, I'm not surprised. I am not <laughs> surprised whatsoever. And, and ultimately, just like with Dorothy, I think that's, and that's another really important thing is just like with Dorothy at the end, she realizes that the power was always within her. And, and you really have all of the stories. And, and here's the other thing is they don't have to be like that moment with my daughter only seems big now because of the way I retell it. But at the moment, it was just a cute conversation. It could have been seen as a cute conversation with my daughter. Right. But I was on the lookout for the bricks to build my road. And, and even, even if your limiting belief is really big, and even if there is a lot of truth to it, like the book isn't change your story, it's choose, choose your story, right? There may have been things that have happened to you, rejections that you're really carrying with you, things that you messed up, whatever it is. You, you can't change that. Those things happened. But you can choose better pieces of your life stories build it together till you get to where you want to go and they're already there you just have to choose them and one of the questions that i ask uh women in coaching that are feeling like i'm not a leader you know they have this story i'm not a leader nobody will listen to me i'm not influential i don't have enough courage i don't i'm not what are all their list of stuff and after i listen to that for about 10 seconds i just ask him are you a mom mm -hmm. You know, uh, well, yes. And sometimes they'll say, you know, I have seven kids. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's okay. Well, even if you only had one child, you are a miracle mm -hmm. of courage mm -hmm. and leadership and influence and accomplishment and education and motivation and coaching and Everything you need to be an extraordinary entrepreneur lives right there in motherhood because, as I tell them, Kimmy and I have two dogs and little multi-poos, right? 
And I don't even know how we, I don't know how we even work, do business. I don't know how we get by every day because these two multipoos are just <laughs> like sucking all the oxygen out of the room, right? They're like, like obstacles that we can't even overcome. We can't deal with them. Plus try to work. And, you know, Kimmy has a 24-year-old daughter. I wasn't around for that. I don't have any children. And I just marvel at mothers. And so I repurpose that, move that exactly. brick over for them, right? Exactly. Okay, if you're a mom, you can crush this because mm-hmm. nothing compares to motherhood. Right, right. Well, and it's funny, you say repurpose, and I actually like that better. In the book, I call it reroute. So oh, it is- I love like- reroute. That's great. So it's like take and take. So let's say like, oh, I've never, I've never built a business before. Well, okay, fine. So, so that's that's a reality. Fine. Um, but how, what is this business about? It's really about b- bringing people together and getting them excited about something. It's about building community. Have you ever done? Have you ever gotten people together at your church for right. a bake sale? Have you ever gotten people together for a fun? a fun run to raise money for the local food shelter. Have you ever, were you ever able to like rally your friends for a girl's trip or a weekend away? Like the same. So even telling yourself those stories and going back and, and thinking about how much work it was to get Susan on board and Robert to come. And those are all stories that yes, they're from a different area of your life, but you can reroute them to the challenge you're facing right now and, and use them as bricks in your yellow brick road. Yeah. Rerouting. That's beautiful. So what are you going to do with this? When does the book launch and how's it going to change your contribution to your speaking and your coaching? How's it going to change your career and your identity? You know, this, this is, if we're talking about limiting stories right now, this is the one, uh, this is the barrier where I'm, I kind of feel like I'm standing right on the edge. Right. And, um, I think there is an element of wait and see, but I also think that, um, I know that, yeah, this is, um, I want to say a deviation from the original path, but it's actually, uh, it's actually the direction of my true path. Um, and so I, 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 I love what I teach and I will probably continue to write and teach about stories and business because I think there's so many great people in business that could use stories that way, but I've seen what can happen to people when they choose better stories for themselves. And that simple act can, that simple act changes the behaviors that it enables them to take the next step forward. And sometimes that next step forward is the only thing we need. Um, And so it's my hope that, and it is my intention but this is the message. I know I'm going to get coached right I'm, now. I'm all over. I'm all over you. Kendra. I know. Shoot. You, you, you said wait and see. And I'm like, 
huh? I, I know. Mean, See, I know. That's, and that's what I know. Said hope, and I'm like, what the hell? Why is, is the limiting <laughs> right? And and here's the other thing: is like I see what's what's crazy when you when you write this kind of book is the amount of like um, self awareness there is just in how far how far you've come. Like there are some things that I said, yeah, I've been doing this all the time, and then and then. I'm, I, my toes are right up against the edge of my comfort zone. And so that's when you start saying things like, well, we'll just wait and see, or, oh, I hope this goes. Um, and so I'm still, I'm, I'm still right there. That's well, can I ask you some questions to go beyond? Yeah, I would appreciate that. So if you weren't waiting and seeing and you weren't hoping and everything worked out beautifully, in a quantum leap sort of way. So you said this kind of deviates, right? And I I envisioned when you said deviate that you were thinking like a sideways deviate. But what if it's a deviate? Yeah. So if you weren't waiting and seeing and you weren't hoping and everything worked out beautifully, what would that look like? Kendra Hall. Mm. <laughs> Fine. Gosh, see, this is why I can't I help you. myself. I know this is why I love you and I hate you, but mostly love you. Uh, you know what it would look like would be thousands and thousands and thousands of copies of this book sold. Not because, not because of money, but because one person would read it. And it would mean something to them. They would see a change and they would run into a friend who they heard say, well, I'm just going to wait and see. And they're like, no, 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 wait, you should read this. Who then sends it to their friend, who then sends it to their, that's where. Viral. Yep, exactly. And, and that is, that is, that is, that is what I hope happens. You, um, could, be, you could be a cure for one of my most famous quotes that nobody's ever heard. <laughs> Those are the best ones. That low self-esteem is the number one communicable disease in the world. Mm -hmm. It's the number one disease in the world, low self-esteem. And it's dangerous because people with low self-esteem, they they uh, hurt themselves Yeah. sometimes physically, always emotionally. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a communicable disease because it's passed on from parents. It's passed on from friends who are not kind to their friends. Yeah. And it's certainly passed on to ourselves because we talk to ourselves more than anybody else. So can Kendra Hall's viral book, have an impact on that it's globally in 50 languages? Yeah, it can. It, it can. Will. I think it, I, it will actually. What, and besides the book, cause you know, writing the book is one thing. And then it's about, you know, you can market something till you're crazy, but if the book has that viral DNA in it, if it moves people to tears and joy, mm -hmm. then it does the viral work. 
but who will you become as the leader of that work? That is the newest question. Um, that actually came interesting that you articulated in that way because it came to me just the other day uh, when I I feel like I get closer and closer to discovering what this really is. Now it can start so small and like write a book and hand it in and get it edited. Like there's so much function and form that goes into it. Um, but realizing that this is the message and I am the steward. And so what does that mean for me? And who do I need to become? What, or am I already that person and I just need to know it? Um, I mean, what is the, is this like a therapy on a broadcast live? Nobody told me this is what we were getting into. I, you know, I don't make a plan. I'm just talking to I you know. because. I know. Work, I get a recording of this, right? I get a recording. <laughs> the work that you're doing is awe-inspiring, Kendra. And, um. You know, I, I always read, I read pretty fast. I don't like read for days, but I always read anybody's book I'm interviewing. And I usually have it right here. And uh, I thought I understood that this wasn't in print yet. And so we couldn't order it. Um, but I hope people can order it tonight. We'll get there. They can pre-order it. I can tell you about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this work, Kendra, is some of the most important, if not the most important work in the world. If you look at our world today, just look yeah. at the United States today and what's going on with people. We're like so divided and we didn't used to be this divided. And, you know, a big part of this comes from people's stories, right? Yeah. Stories about themselves, the story about the world, the story about health the story about america the story about democracy the story about abundance and you know mm -hmm. right now the kind of the dominant like i had a guy tell me the other day he texted me he said you know uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen because the price of gasoline you know is gone up a dollar a gallon and so i texted him back uh, well you got two choices uh, buy a tesla or earn more money <laughs> so, but, but he's like embedded in this story about yeah. on and, and Thanksgiving dinner went up 13%. Wow. Is that really a story you want to embed in? Yeah. And where you're, where you're focusing this Kendra is on people's self-esteem and their self-esteem is a reflection of their relationship, yeah. their health, their wealth, you know, what's in their dash, you know, born yeah, between born and 1965 died 2025 what's in the dash is the stories and i can't wait to read this book because i i hold you as um there's not very many people that are brilliant and always kind of know you've always seemed to know what people need to be thinking about and working on and you know, when you came to the party in direct sales with uh, stories that stick, and I'm going to teach you how to tell stories. I mean, I was riveted because I didn't, you know, I, I didn't really think about it that way, that 
uh, hey, that's all we do is tell stories. And I'd already been doing this for probably, I don't know, 30 or 40 years. And nobody would ever said to me, well, this is how you tell a story. Yeah. <laughs> you did. I did. And, and the, the coolest thing in the world, Kendra, about you is you're not only brilliant and you're highly aware and intuitive, but you're so doggone authentic. Mm-hmm which is why you're in the authentic networker group. I it's a yeah. good place to be because we don't uh we don't interview and we don't follow people who are maybe smart and maybe well spoken but they're off. Yeah. a degree yeah. of authenticity and you're the real deal. And your heart you your heart's in it and you do the work while you teach other people to do the work. And I'm just honored to call you my friend and mentor. Yeah. And I will champion this work. Uh, I this, I should have known that it was going to be another roller coaster ride. It was last time. I remember that. Um, but I, I, I so appreciate you breathing this life in to me because I'm sure you can tell like I I'm I'm in a place right now right and so that I am I am actively collecting all of the stories that will keep give me the courage from the inside out to keep going forward and um and this will be this is this is one of them this night tonight with you, which I so appreciate. Good. Where can people get this book and how can people promote it? Yeah. Teams. You know, the cool thing about network marketing is I don't know who's on here. I can't see who's on here in StreamYard, but uh, there's people on here that have 50,000 people on their team. Yeah. Um, there, there could easily be probably are people that have a million people on their team. Yeah. And imagine, see, that's where that's where I just know. I'm like, oh my gosh. Imagine if your entire team started actually believing in themselves. And, no. and not just like you've got to believe in yourself, but here is how you do it. Like here's here, here are the just a few steps so you can start believing in yourself. Think about what could happen. Um, so here's the deal with the pre-order. You can pre-order it at it comes out January 11th. Um, so right after the hustle and bustle of the new year, which is a good time. Right now, it is available for pre-order, so you can get it Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Bookshop.org if you want to support local bookstores. And then there's a second step. So if you're listening to it now, you get an advantage. You go to the website, choose your story, change your life.com. So that is the that's the pre-order website. So go to choose your story, change your life.com. Enter your info. You'll scroll down and you're, you'll enter your info in this form, which is your, you'll have to give the confirmation number where you've got the book. That's fine. And then you'll be entered into this special Facebook group that I'm hosting where just today, for example, I, I do live trainings about very specific limiting beliefs on how you can, even without having the book, how you can start thinking about these and using stories. So today it was all about burnout because that's the time of year we're at. Um, and so what stories do you need in the different phases of burnout to 
stop the spiral and keep yourself able to function in a place of burnout. And it was really awesome. I had a great time because I was in a place of burnout this morning and used the methods on myself. And then I was able to come to the meeting and like be a functional human. So that was great. Um, the replays are all available. So I go live every week. You'll get access to that. There's a bunch of other bonuses. But if you pre-order now, you'll be in next week. We're talking. Ooh, next week, the group is choosing what the topic is. So we're running a little poll in the um, in the Facebook group and we'll decide what we talk about next week. So beautiful. I'm going to jump in that. You should be in there. You should be in there. I will. This is um, beautiful. I know I noticed didn't wasn't lost on me that it's 7 p.m which is daughter and husband time and she stepped away. But they know it's so funny because they know. And then I have my son too. They know what this dream is. You know, we had dinner together and then I said, okay, going to go talk about the book. And they're like, go mama. They're so like, they know that this is what we do. Baby um, boss, baby boss, babe. Yeah, exactly. Is your biggest cheerleader. I love that. Look out for those kids. It's true. It's true. Well, thank you. I, I will be. I'm probably gonna call. Need to call you from time to time because we've got this instead of instead of this deviation. This deviation. It's. I, I'm gonna. I might need you. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I am uh, on your side and in your camp. So. Anytime you are a gift to humanity and a gift to network marketers and direct sellers and entrepreneurs and mothers all over the world. Thank you, Kendra Hall. You all get this book. I'm going to get it. I'm going to promote it. I suggest you get it and you promote it. Let's go viral. Let's do it. We're the antidote. <laughs> Thank you, Kendra. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us. You can share this. Hit the share button. Go viral. Woo. See you later. <laughs>